0: what's up friends welcome to the real estate momentum podcast i'm your host aaron smith today i have the pleasure to introduce you to peter zimmer he's a 15-year veteran of real estate he's got a small family here in cincinnati and northern kentucky and he runs a small team with a buyer's agent and a part-time assistant he's one of the best relationship builders in the business enjoy the podcast So, uh, anybody listening for those that don't know that Peter Zimmer, um, I guess tell, give us a little background on yourself, Peter. I know you've been in it for a little while.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, a little background on myself. Um, grew up in North Kentucky, Cincinnati area, uh, then, then slinging real estate for, I think about 15 years now. And, um, I built a small but efficient team. It's, it's me. Uh, one buyer specialist and a part-time administrator.
0: Okay. So you, you, how many buyer specialists do you have now? Just one. Just the one. Okay. Um, and then you've got a family at home, right? So you've got what?
1: I do. It, it's bonkers at home. That's why I'm at the office. I was wondering, cause I know you were back at the office. And I'm like,
0: man, to be right where you are right now must give you some ability to kind of cut some noise
1: out. I've been doing the last two months because the lights are off and nobody's here. I've been the more, most productive I've ever been in my, in my career. And it's, it's amazing. But yeah, at home, I have an amazing wife, a six-year-old daughter, a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. Wow. I can only imagine the, the, the
0: buzz going on at your house, just the noise. And the, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, you know, but there's the, you know, when you got to work, you got to work, get out of the house and go. Yeah get it figured out um so you mentioned your team i want to talk about that but first let's talk about how your year's been so far in in 2020
1: yeah um yes started off very slow with a very audacious goal um like our our goal this year my goal for the last several years which shows you that i'm not good at hitting goals is uh is the 100 units i just there's something about that c note that i'm like i just want to hit that 100 really badly uh and so we kind of track that more we 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 track volume and stuff like that but we track units more because that's our goal um start off the year very slowly uh it probably wasn't till really march april that you know the fruit i mean everybody knows the closing is a lag measure of the last 30 to 60 days and so uh it wasn't really until march april that we were starting to see the fruit of the year which we're experiencing that fruit at the same time as we now have covid-19 restrictions and so the fruit from that will be you know june july and so it's uh it's kind of kind of wonky but so far a slow start, but to date, the best start to a year we've ever had. So we're having a great year, surprisingly.
0: So when you say that you're notoriously not good for hitting your goals, and you know the goal's been a hundred units, like so for reference, like where do you where do you end up each year or the last? Few um, years?
1: the last few years have been in the mid seventies. That still's pretty solid. I mean, that is. It's, I've, I'm I'm very proud of it. I've I've seen over the last couple of years our, our units sort of hover and our average price have has gone up. So volume has increased, which is awesome, and it's a fun metric. Um, but I'm 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 be, I find myself increasingly discontented with the units. I'm yeah. like I'm like we've we've got a system and an engine that can serve more people. And so now I'm like, I want to get that engine to capacity. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that crystal, I know you've got a crystal ball somewhere in your office. I've seen mm-hmm, it. Of um, course. With that, <clears throat> I mean, this COVID thing came out of nowhere and it, it mm-hmm. kind of, it's like, it was almost like uh, real estate agents, the the world. a bunch of cockroaches and somebody turned the lights on and we were all like oh my god like what Mm -hmm. what the hell is this and let's 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 react really quickly and try to figure things out and we kind of did the same thing as a real estate industry um and you know from from where we are right now given the economy and the real estate market and stuff like that if you were if you were looking back from december 31st on this year what would you think would be your prediction on what's going to happen the rest of this year? And I'm not going to hold you to this, but if you, if you had to guess what would happen the rest of this year, what would you say?
1: I feel like, um, I feel like of all the articles and all the headlines and all the content specifically real estate related that I dialed into was an Inman article from a couple weeks ago that had, um, so, sort of beyond beyond the talking points, like some statistics. And I think they were nationwide statistics. And the two that were most telling to me that sort of mirrored what I was feeling and seeing in the market was that 44% of buyers had essentially hit the pause button and 55% of sellers had essentially hit the pause button. And so my takeaway from that was, um, these are not people who had, because of COVID-19, decided not to move. They are people who, because of COVID-19, decided to wait and delay what they would have been doing right then. And so, um, that combined with continued low inventory, continued low interest rates, um practical things like you're you're still graduating college you're still getting married you're still trying to trying to find that home in the school district you're trying to get into i think it just punted this pent-up um i don't want to say pent-up demand because that that speaks to just one side of the equation it's really pent-up activity yeah supply and later (laughs) for later in the air and that's why we haven't seen any vast swings in prices prices change where you have an unbalanced amount of one or the other right but both of them just sort of hit the pause button um and so i think both are going to come swinging back Now, i could be completely wrong it doesn't change what my approach to the year is going to be it's just sort of like i'm feeling this kind of like almost falling of the ice. And, and and you, maybe you're seeing it too, like even as governors are starting to ease restrictions and it's like the weather's nice, it's spring, it's, it's starting to, starting to get bonkers.
0: Yeah. So do you, do you perceive that? Um, and you know, we're experts on our local market. We can only go off the data that we have. Um, but right. do you think that that pent up supply where the 55% of sellers hit the pause button, do you feel like that could, um, cause any sort of delayed swing in supply and demand? Like everybody's like, Oh, they lifted the restrictions. Let's just go ahead and put our house on the market. And then they just flood the market with their houses. Or do you feel like, I mean, maybe,
1: I think maybe, but I feel like, you know, what has it been the last three or four years, it's been low, low inventory. And so buyers just, you know, you can't find a good listing with a search warrant. And so (laughs) it's like, so, so if that, if that sort of, sort of, um, swings back in a little bit uh of a disproportional amount I, I still feel like demand's gonna gobble it up
0: yeah i think you're right and,
1: and like honestly you know you're right we're, we're experts in our local market i i pay a little bit of attention but very little to nationwide stuff except for the statistic i just shared um i i also do not do well at looking at numbers and metrics for our our local activity i should probably do a better job a lot of it's just anecdotal of like here's what i'm feeling when i go to work today and the people i talk to and i'm trying to help out um my my honestly a lot of a a lot of uh just because there's just a swirl of everybody's opinion right now a lot of it i just step back and i say what difference does it really make for me and my team? Like in any market, great market, things are bonkers. Like great recession market, like things are hard. Like my job doesn't change. The job of my team doesn't change. It's like, find those people. That's why I was telling my team um, as things were kind of slowing down, everybody was like, what's going on? Nobody, nobody knows what tomorrow holds. I'm like, there are still Right now, more people moving than we can serve. That's a good point. There's enough business out there. We just have
0: to go find it, right?
1: I I mean, it doesn't change. I mean, like we, my team in particular, I feel like we're really honed in on, um, on taking a transaction that is overwhelming and stressful and gives people anxiety and is confusing and they don't know who to trust. And just making it very simple, making it very hands-free, making it, taking things off of their plate, like calming them down, empowering them, giving them confidence in whichever direction they move. And I'm like, now more than ever, people need that. So I'm like, it, it, you know, you gotta you got to learn new scripts and navigate that prospecting phone call of like, hey, how's it going? You know anybody looking to move? They're like, looking to move? I haven't left my house in three weeks. <laughs> like you know you still have to kind of you know learn how to navigate those things but um, um, but our job never changes to finding those people who need help in a uh, in a transaction that they don't understand is confusing and overwhelming I think in this market more than ever that's the case like how do I put my house on the market I don't want people walking through it how do I go walk through somebody else's house and it's weird like all of that, it just adds to the mix.
0: Yeah. And now more than ever, you know, we, a lot of times uh, articles and just general real estate office conversations go back to like our real estate agents being squeezed out because of technology and all this other stuff. But right. I think more than anything, now more than ever, it, we are relevant because there is all that misinformation out there. And yeah, you know, I, I saw an ad, it was a Facebook ad popped up the other day. That said, um, you know, sell your house, you know, how to sell your house in this down real estate market. I'm like, I, I don't, what are you talking about? A down real estate right. market? Well, there's more buyers right. out there than there are houses still, right. which means that if you're selling a house, it's not a down market for you, period. Right. So right. now more than ever, I think people need to hear us. And I think as agents, what we could do better is to tell that story and let people know, yeah. like, hey, you know, I think. You haven't heard, I th-
1: You're spot on. Um, You're spot on in what you're saying in terms of our relevance, and it mirrors what I was thinking about. What is today? Uh, It's a couple days ago. I was with my wife, um, and we're just kind of marveling at how there is currently so much information that, in its in its both medical, economical, political, like pick a field. There's so much information and so many supporting uh, supporting experts, supporting data, supporting whatever for both sides of the spectrum in any lane that you choose, that it's it's hard to know who to trust or how to how to make sense of it. And so I' was sort of stepping back, and we're just having this, this discussion around, like, I think there's an assumption that in the information age with, with the, the abundance of information. That it will be that it it becomes easier to find good information. When really, and you know, it sort of seems to be what's happening right now, is the abundance information fuels misinformation. Yep. And Uh. so, in that environment, as information, and so like you know, that that's true both now and moving forward, as information does nothing but become increasingly available, it. It is more. It more becomes a conduit of misinformation than good information. And in that kind of a climate, a trusted advisor is your best freaking friend.
0: Well, and and absolutely, and that goes to speak to a lot of um, it, what we need to understand as agents is that we are the ground zero source for a lot of this information because we see it happen on right. a day to day basis. Right. But well, we can
1: make sense of it. Yeah, like, and it's all, like it, 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 the information has always been out there. That's why everyone feared Zillow. It's like, oh, well, it's always been out there. Like we make sense of it. And um, I think the most powerful tool in that is when you mix it with trust.
0: And, and that was the word that I was going for. Uh, because, I mean, if you look at anything, the way I look at this is any content creator out there, Inman News, uh, Keeping Current Matters, um, TMZ, any content creator out there, a news source, information source, if they allow sponsored advertising on any of their media, then their job is to get more eyeballs on their media. And the way that they get more eyeballs is they create shock factor headlines, like yeah. terrible real estate market to come and it's like people are going to click on that and then they're going to go yeah. read it but the only reason that they wrote that article is to get clicks it's not to inform people on accurate information so i think yeah. that's one thing that agents need to hold on to is like look the best thing that you can do for people is to create trust and tell them what's actually happening and then that's yeah. where loyalty is formed yep
1: yeah. absolutely absolutely
0: so uh, I want to shift gears for a second because that's that's a good that's good insight on the market and as agents we need to understand mindset wise our job doesn't change you know yep. it, it never it never has and it never will our job is to just be a resource for people and, and be
1: a trust. oh but people. it's harder. Oh, but it, the phone doesn't <laughs> ring as much. Oh, that's I'm
0: so excited because it all all work. the people, all the people who have said, "Oh, well, I'm having a hard time right now," but it's just this COVID stuff. You know, like this COVID thing's really slowed me down. It's like, okay, COVID's gonna go away, and that's the tide going out, and you're gonna be naked because you like you're yeah. using COVID as a crutch. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. There's agents. There's a place for every agent, right? Yeah. Um, but I want to shift gears into what's on the wall behind you right there. <laughs> your, uh, you like that. Your timeline. Cause, uh, you, like you, you brought that to something in our office one day. Yeah. So, you know, anybody listening right now, there's a, there's a banner on Peter's wall right behind him in his office. And it's basically a family tree style, a banner. And it, it's way wider than it is deep right now. Um, okay, we're gonna do it. And uh, Peter, Peter brought this in, and this is kind of the web of his sphere of influence and in client referrals. Um, and Peter, I'll let you describe what this is because I think it's amazing
1: that you did this. So yeah, I um, I hold relational equity to be one of the most valuable things someone can extend, and um, my whole business is basically built on it. I I don't spend any money trying to attract strangers. That's what it comes down to. They're exhausting. now let me also say there's no wrong way. this is this is me for what I hold dear this is for my personality. Um, you can build a very successful business spending you know a couple thousand bucks a month on Zillow and I'm like that's great. that's fine. like I don't have any problem with that. I don't think Zillow is the enemy for that. They're providing a service and it's helping build your business. For me, um like i just my stomach tur- turns at the prospect of that lead even if it's a even if it's a boom and to go share the house and we've done a deal like i've just experienced more so that the norm with them is no rapport no loyalty excuse me you got to be johnny on the spot or they're calling the next agent and so i'm letting i'm giving up more and more control of my life to chase that business. And it's just exhausting. Like I got a taste of that early on in my career and kind of had one of those like kind of one of those raw, honest moments of like, I don't think I want to do this business anymore. Uh-huh. And then it kind of and then I started I started to to feel the feelings around like, you know, working your tail off in a crappy market. And then having somebody call saying, hey, so and so mutual friend said you're the guy to talk to you. I want to buy a house. And I'm like, that's that's it, that's all, that's it, that's all. I didn't have to seemingly do anything for that. And so I remember that my posture towards that that mutual friend was like, instead of spending $100 on a park bench, I would rather spend that money with some degree of thanks, with some, like, I want to extend that same level of extravagance that I feel that you recommended me. And so um, just sort of have built a business which is, I will definitely say it is more of a of a crock pot than a microwave. Like you can go out and spend a couple grand on Zillow and and have a boost in your business. Um, versus the relational approach is a lot more slower growth. I feel like there is a lot more sustainability to it. Like I can weather the storm because I've, I've spent time to nurture those relationships like growing a plant in a garden. Um, and so I, I like, as this was building, I just remember being like, man, there's no like visual representation. of this." And so I was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking like some sort of like an org chart where it's like this person then referred these people. And then that part, like, you know, I just kind of experimented with it a bunch and ended up finding a free website, uh, FamilyEcho.com. So it's like a family tree website.
2: Yeah. And
1: so you basically just sort of build a family tree, but it's referral based business. And so, that's what I keep on my wall to remind myself that like, um, you know, it, sometimes it's small hinges that swing big doors. You know, that one relationship that met, might be a pain in the ass deal and it's a knockdown drag out, and, but you bring your all, you know what I mean? You give them the service of a $5 million client just because, because they deserve it, because that's what you do. And then down the road, they might refer somebody who refers five people who refer like and so like i like to have that visual representation of like you never know what's behind that relationship
0: yeah and that's i mean you hit the nail on the head i mean you and that—that's a bad habit that a lot of experienced agents, agents who have hit their, we call it the financial thermostat, right? You—you're you, comfortable in your business. You're making the kind of money that you want to make. So you don't necessarily want to serve that lower level client or a right. client who might be a little bit more tricky. But like you said, small hinges swing big doors. It's like, well, what if I did? Like, right. what if I did service that client at a high level? Right. What could happen? So.
1: Right. And. I will say that, that, that even asking that question comes from a, I'm more interested in a relationship than a transaction. If I'm more interested in a transaction, I'm thinking, what's the dollar amount and what's my commission going to be? If I'm more interested in the relationship, I'm like, regardless of the dollar amount, like if I don't serve this person, who's going to, right? Like they deserve the best and I need to bring it.
0: Well, that's a, that's the mindset too, that if if you believe that you provide the, the best service out there, you should feel concerned that if this person doesn't work for you, they're going to get a bad shake by working with somebody else who's just going to cash the yep. check, move on, not treat them very highly. Exactly. Um,
1: exactly. So let's, and, let's... Like I, and I tell myself like $50,000 clients have $5 million uncles. <laughs> you never know. You yeah. just never know. <laughs>
0: And that's the nature of being in a, in a percentage commission based industry. You know? <laughs> so, it all pans out. So let's talk about how you treat your, your clients. So, you know, you, you've made a business decision not to spend a, a large amount of money on, uh, meeting people that are outside of your sphere, right? You're not, um, you're not, you don't have a billboard. You don't have a Zillow, you know, big Zillow, uh, out, outlay every month. Um, So let's talk about what you do on a a regular basis to stay in touch with your clients.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, um, I mean, there's, there's really, it comes down to, I mean, it comes down to making freaking phone calls. Like I hate to say it. It's what nobody wants to hear, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's making phone calls and my tact for that has changed over the years. It used to be great. My whole database, um now we'll also do some snail mail um, postcards that we'll send them some sort of more high quantity low quality touches to just kind of spread it out. but um, um, I'm just trying to think through the list, but it's really it's really the phone call maintenance of how you doing. Do you know anybody looking to move? and that's what this call is about.
0: So, Walk me through that for a second, because I, I stopped by your office one day and we had a short call, a short talk about this. But yeah. y- you know, y- you don't cloak the conversation in anything
1: sugary. No, no, I I really like, and and this is this has been a uh, a progression, right? It started with um, the popular, well, it started with great. I got a database. I need to call them. What do I say? I think it a common sort of newer agent or even like a seasoned agent who's been out of the phone the so calls thing um, which is uh i think i think all too often i don't think this is this is bad but i think all too often it's just quickly answered by something like ford right family occupation re, you know recreation dreams like just check in with them ask them about life blah 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 which i think is a good high quality uh, phone call number one if you're genuinely interested
2: mm-hmm.
1: what i think is unfortunate is that most people are not genuinely interested they're using it as a way to at the end of the call say oh by the way do you know anybody looking to me yeah Which they're not even no, listening to the answers of what they're saying about what's nothing going on less less disingenuous less genuine genuous. <laughs> uh, more disingenuous there you go um and people see right through it right that's sort of the icky salesy thing nobody nobody wants to do and so they envision that and say well i don't want to feel that way so i'm not going to make phone calls mm. um and it wasn't my idea i feel like i got it from somebody else of just sort of like it's um it basically comes from an attitude where you stop apologizing for the business that you're in you're sort of like, I'm, and, and I think actually it was a phone call where I was sort of stumbling over it. Hey, almost apologetically. Hey, I'm calling. Do you know anybody? Please. Sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I totally get it, dude. You're working. Like you're trying to feed your family. You're trying to build a business. Let me think about it. For so a he, second. He, this guy basically
0: said, bro, stop apologizing.
1: I Just, mean, it really, and it really sort of, and it was somebody I highly respected. And so I sort of started it it's it, it, it kind of knocked me off and I was like, All right, yeah, like it's eleven thirty on a Wednesday morning. I'm not calling to ask about Johnny. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not a like, forward moment. This is like you're calling not. for a purpose.
1: We're I'm happy to talk through that stuff. The 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 conversation, I got no time limit. We can go and I've had long conversations that spill into other things, but I tend to just lead off with like, hey. I'm I'm checking in, trying to build my. I, I might say I'm trying to build my business. I might I might say, uh, like like right now, I would say something to the effect of like, there's a lot of pent up activity there is, and so I'm trying to get out ahead of that wave. There are people that I that and and I stop saying, um, I I don't say stuff like I'd love to help you out. Do you know anybody that like almost uh it has the air of you're doing me a favor by sending them to me and more uh, do them a favor and send me to them and and what i mean by that is i really hunker down on the word serve there's people looking to move who need great service and i would love to serve them if i'm leaving a voicemail hey do you know anybody looking to move i say I, i always say i would love to serve them And I would love to honor you for the referral. I love that because which is a lot, it's like a higher level of relationship. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not not like for me, I want to serve them.
0: Yeah. And it it has a different punch to it. It, It's got different. um, I don't know. It just feels like it's coming from a different direction when, instead of saying, who do you know that I might be able to help this year? Cause that's yeah. still, it's still a good connotation. It's coming from contribution. Yeah. Right. But when you say, uh, I would love to, you know, who, do you, how did you phrase it? Who can I serve? Um, and how can I, honor uh, you You know,
1: I always say, do you know anybody looking to move? So I don't say buy or sell. That feels transactionary.
2: Right. Move
1: feels like there's an event in my life. So, uh, you know, anybody looking to move and even if they're looking to move into a dorm room there's things we can do to help them yeah so it's like we're in the business of helping people move you know anybody looking to move i would love to serve them i might say like serve them and help them out in that in that process and i'd love to honor you for the referral so i'm not just like gimme gimme who do you know it's like i like it that extending that relational equity to me is a big enough deal that I want to honor you with that. Like it, like I hold that as a high, as a high thing.
0: Yeah. That, that is solid gold. There's so many people that, you know, as I coach a lot of newer agents who get into the business and things, it is amazing to me how many people get hung up because they have no idea how to reach out to someone. And, um, it is, it's one of the most fun things that you can ever do to give someone a gift and ask for nothing in return um yeah so like when you serve others you're giving of yourself and i love that you take that mindset because it just it, it makes the call so much easier
1: and uh another hill i die on is authenticity and transparency and so i'll talk to agents um who are like yeah i feel awkward making that call tell them like just say it. Like, hey man, I kind of feel awkward making this call, but you know, I'm trying to build my business and like 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 it is so disarming when somebody is just genuinely authentic and transparent. And so I'll like in like over the last couple of months, some of the calls have been like, Man, I gotta be honest, it's weird making this call when everybody's hunkering down. And so like I apologize if that kind of comes off weird. I just know that there's more people moving than I can serve. And I just would like, particularly in this climate, I'm just looking for people who who are stressed out or anxious, but still need to make that move. And I'd I'd love to serve them and just kind of make that path straight and easy for them. And so you're just kind of like acknowledging the elephant in the room and just being transparent about why you're calling and what this is about. And it's not like, and I always let them off the hook. If you can't think of anybody, no big deal. Like most people can't. It's all right. You're, you're in the majority. You're off the hook. If anybody comes to mind, give me a buzz. Would love to help them out. Have a great day.
0: Yeah. And I, I actually just had this conversation this morning with somebody. And they were just having a hard time wrapping their head around reaching out. And I said, tell them tell them like, Hey, look, you know, I'm in real estate and my number one job and you know, the fun part and the scary part is that I get a chance to go you know, call the people that I know and I haven't really gotten used to it yet. You know, so I'm still trying to, you know, and when you tell somebody that they're like, wow, you just kind of opened up to me there. Now I trust you more yeah and you know what it's no, it's no big deal you didn't bother me uh, the only thing that you pulled me away from is this meeting that could be an email right Great. now and right yeah so when you're vulnerable like that people trust you more and they're more likely to lean into you because they too yeah. want to help you
1: the first the, the the hardest calls are the first two. First first two aim for me even still like i'm like I, I like and i will also say that it's evolved i uh it used to be yeah like i said the whole database boom call through and you and I both know, like, you get to that person where you're just like, 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 seeing this name has sapped me of energy.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And so, like, for the longest time, I just beat myself up. Like, this is the grind. This is the job. You got to make the call, do the thing. You can do that. But then I just sort of was like, what if I take their name off the list? What if I continue to mail them stuff? Great, but they don't get they don't get my best. Like, they don't get like they don't, they don't give me energy. And so I'm going to move on and go to the next person because this is a high quality, low quantity exercise. And so I don't want to have the freaking losers that drain me. I'm like, boom, next.
0: That's, that is such a good point too, because like
1: call the people you want to talk
0: to. Yeah. Life's too short to be, right. you know, it's like, you know, you look at a name on a list and you're like, man, this person always just complains. Yeah. And I just, I, I, so I, I, I feel to, like, Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, I, I feel like every time I talk to this person, I get, you know, my, my energy yeah. just gets zapped from me. It's like, just don't yeah. call them, take them off the list.
1: And so I used to, it used to be a solid mix of, of real dials and fly dials, right. You know, slide dial goes straight to their voicemail. So I would just kind of burn <laughs> through that just and feel productive. Right. And so then I just, I wiped the list. I'm like, I only want people on this list that I am not going to slide out because I'd like for them to pick up. And I'm always honing it, you know, always adding people. And so it's a smaller list than my whole database, because oftentimes your whole database is too intimidating to get through. Even if you're endeavoring to call them all, it starts to feel transactional. I got to get through the numbers. I got to get through this list where I'm like this person, if they wanna to talk to me for the next 30 minutes, I feel productive. The other thing, and then again, if you hold relationships, if this is a genuine exercise and activity, almost bordering on you would do it even if you weren't in business. Like these are the types of people you would want to be talking through, talking to. The other thing I love to do is in the course of the conversation, I'm looking for things that I can do to blow them away. Okay, so it's so, a conversation- so you like
0: Disney World. You're like trying to find out how can you show up in their world?
1: There's nothing more fun. There's nothing more fun to have a prospecting call where the majority of the call is they're like, I'd give anything for a date night. You hang up, forget the rest of your calls. You spend the rest of your block or the rest of whatever time is necessary to arrange a babysitter and a bottle of wine for this coming Friday or like, however, like however you can show up in such a way that doesn't break the bank, but like blows them away.
0: They'll never forget it
1: is more productive than making 50 more calls. That's the quality the
0: quantity. thing. it, It
1: really is quality. It's like, are you really willing to go deep versus wide? Um, and it I mean it's risky. It's it's crockpot, not microwave.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's a lot of people who get into the business as new agents, you know, let's say that you get a sphere of influence and you start off with a hundred people, you know, crockpot method may not be the only
1: method. I mean, you
0: might have to do, you know, get out there and do some open houses, knock on some doors. that's really,
1: that's really insightful. That's a really good point. Cause I think people could hear this and be like, F, eh, and I'm not gonna do any other thing. Than, than like invest in my people. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to put food on the table until you get, and normally it's about two years. You get two years of reps of just learning the business where you have gone from the information that you need to the imitation of following models and like doing the necessary grind to then in innovation where you're like, okay, now I know what type of business I want to do and sort of what lane I want to stay in. Um, and the beauty of this business is it doesn't have to be somebody else's lane. I mean, there are million dollar businesses that don't call their database and spend a And it's like, you know, spend the money or, or in other efforts attract strangers, whether that's open houses or whatever, that's a completely different flavor business of mine and completely acceptable.
0: Yeah. And that, that goes, I, I there's a, a guy, he's a, restaurant guru by the name of John Taffer Um, and I saw a video that he did in an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk one time where he talked about marketing a business within the four marketing a restaurant within the four walls of the business and it's delivering a different level of service where like for example you know, hostess asks the customer, is this your first time here? Yeah, it's our first time. Never dined here before. So instead of grabbing the white napkin, they grab the red napkin. And the, everybody in that restaurant who works for that restaurant knows that this is the first time this customer has come in here.
1: That's and brilliant.
0: And then the manager walks up after their meal and says, Hey, I see that you had our ribs. What'd you think about our ribs? And, and uh, they're like, oh, they were fantastic. And we're like, well, you know what, when you come back, you gotta try our chicken. So they they write on the back of the of a business card and say free chicken on your next visit. Well, they know when they walk in, they know when they walk in that they got the free chicken. They know that that's visit number two. And then they say, well, I see you tried our chicken. you guys have room for dessert? It's on me. And if they're like, well, no room for dessert tonight. I'm like, you know what, next time you come back, there's free cheesecake on me. So you get them back a third time. Got it. and and like so they say that a customer that chooses you like in the restaurant business or something like that they they come in for the first time They they only have a small percentage of coming back to that restaurant if they're not if it's not part of their daily habit and then if they come back a second time they're a little more likely but not super likely to come back a third time the third and fourth times that they come back the chances that they'll be back again and again and again is through the roof and that's kind of how i look at your business from the outside in is because You've got you don't just have names on a list that just receive your you know sports magnets twice a year. Right. You have people that you know what's going on in their world, and you look right. for opportunities to serve people in ways that my real estate agent you know lined up a babysitter and had a bottle right. of wine delivered like that's right. that's amazing. So right. I think if, if if more agents looked at their career as an as a as a person who serves right. others. And tried to take those relationships deep. I think people would see, like, be happier. Agents would be yeah. happier uh, yeah. and easier to work with. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really it's a mindset of do I value you beyond what you can do for me? Yeah, that's what. I, like, a lot of the um, my favorite restaurant in the world is in Cincinnati, and it's called Boca. B O C A anybody listening if the thousands of people listening are ever in Cincinnati they should go to Boca you're gonna to have to save up for like a year to go there but it's an amazing restaurant and that whole blow people away is like their internal motto like it's BPA everybody gets BPA and they're in the, the everyone's trained to listen in for those opportunities to show extravagance when someone's not expecting it. I mean, one of my favorite examples is, you know, a server just kind of asking a, a, a customer how their meal is and the customer's like, it's amazing. And then sort of half jokingly saying, the only thing that would make it better is, you know, a, a cheese coney from Skyline Chili, right? So like a Cincinnati like cheese coney, which is like, you know, a, a fast casual kind of like, kind of place. The server leaves the restaurant, walks down the street, goes to skyline gets a cheese coney and brings it back to the table <laughs> and so Did this get, really like, happened yes this is absolutely a hundred percent like the part of the fabric of bpa and so, so like, what, what, is like, BPA? BPA what, what is bpa what is BPA I mean? is blow people away
0: oh i gotcha
1: so blow people away and so it's just in the fabric of of what they're about and what and so there's like that I value you and want to provide a great experience beyond what you can do for me.
0: That's amazing. I love it that.
1: Like, like So things like that, I'm just like, you think that, you think that person like loves Boca? I bet they'll be back. <laughs> I mean, I bet they're going to tell all their friends. I'll bet like. And it, just, co- and it
0: cost them a cheese coney, which is like a $3. Right.
1: Uh, hot dog. You know? Right. Right. And you know he had a smile on his face the whole time doing it. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's that's the peripheral um, benefit of this, is it enriches your life. I mean, like, you know how much fun it is to surprise somebody with a date night? Like, you just kind of get giddy about, like, I'm just doing this for them, and they're not aware of it, and I don't want anything in return. And you just, there you go, extravagant.
0: Yeah. And like, okay, so let's say, you know, let's look at this from an agent's point of view. Let's say you helicopter me into uh, pick any city around the U S that's not close to the tri-state pick, just pick one,
1: name one, um, Tampa,
0: Tampa, Florida, you, you helicopter me into Tampa, Florida with a real estate license. Okay. And, and maybe a hundred bucks. So like you could take BPA, you have zero sphere of influence there, you know, if if someone yeah. an agent's trying to grow a business, could they go to local business owners and blow the business owner away? Could they say, hey, yeah. you know, could yeah. they do that? You. Could, you, could you walk, you pull up your phone or Craigslist or Zillow or whatever, and you go find a for sale by owner over on Mud Street over around the corner or something like that. You knock on the door and you just drop off a little something something to make an yeah. impression on them. Like yeah. you can blow anybody yeah. away. It doesn't necessarily have to be your sphere
1: yeah what i have found is um and it might just be that this is sort of the 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 uh, expression of it that i'm am best at is through relationship if it's not if it doesn't start with relationship it can it can feel like there's an angle like what are you doing what are you doing this for you must want something uh-huh. And so that's what I've always been. That's been one of the more fascinating things for me is seeing agents basically plop down in a new city and become successful. Like, I feel like I would have a really difficult time with that because I'm not like it would be the grind of cold calling. It would be for me, it would be the grind of of starting relationships yeah and that that takes yeah, like, a lot more
0: effort to start a new relationship yeah. than it does to keep i just feel like i don't know my
1: people yet like i don't like i'm just kind of starting from scratch and so then you kind of have to serve strangers to to at least kind of start that snowball moving um not to say that it's not possible um but i feel like for me it starts some some level of relational equity to know that um to know that yeah there's no there's no. This is not a tit for tat sort of like I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Um, that's why I always like honestly, and again, it's just not even a personality. When vendors that don't that I don't have a relationship come in and buy lunch or leave a, leave a box of donuts or something, I'm always like, I don't know if I eat this food, am I sort of like now have to give you something? <laughs> yeah, you know it, I mean? it kind of feels
0: sticky, right? That's it's what... a
1: weird like. I'd rather not have the donut, to be honest with you. Yeah, it drives me nuts, too. The vendors that I have a relationship with that do that, I'm like, great example. I'm sure Garrett brought you dinner. Yes. I'll never use a different inspector.
0: (laughs) Well, see, and that's the thing. I remember introducing you to Garrett. And, yeah. and, and, and so Garrett's a home inspector, for those of you that are listening, um, and uh, G- Garrett decided he was going to take his mom's chicken Tetrazzini recipe, and he made like a, Which a is I don't know.
1: freaking amazing. Which, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so think about that. Talk about blowing people away. Your home inspector made you dinner and brought it to your house. I mean, yeah like it's just about being a good human being is
1: so simple and it's
0: so gratifying you
1: know so that's a great example if it had been an inspector that i'd never used before i would have been like i gotta send this guy business now yeah like i owe him but with garrett like it's now it now it's it's joyful for me to send him business yeah because i'm like that there's just like he didn't do that because of what he can get out of it he was just like, things have slowed down. I've got great relationships. What can I do for these people? Oh, everyone's stuck at home. Restaurants are closed. I'll bring them a home-cooked meal, unprompted. I'm Amazing. like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm just like, it's that's it doesn't get more real.
0: Yeah, and it's like you know, I had a hair a hairstylist, you know, my you know this hairstylist that does does yeah. my hair. You know, I uh, I tried to schedule an appointment one time. And uh, she said, Hey, I'm out right now. I'm, I've got the flu. I'm at home. I, you know, I'm probably going to resume haircuts when all this is over with. And um, I said, Hey, I'm going to bring you lunch. You, you like uh, tortilla soup. Right. So I went to Chick-fil-A picked up when they, I guess, I don't even know if they still have tortilla soup, but I went and picked her up tortilla soup, dropped it off on the front steps. And it was like, you know, she, it, she never forget it. And yeah. you know, get a hairstylist. Think about how many yeah. people that they know and that they talk, they small yeah. talk. Yeah. You know, referrals. So, and
1: again, that peripheral benefit is the whole time mm-hmm. you're doing it, sure, you might have been like, I'm sure next time real estate comes up, she'll think of me. But that's not like you just had joy because it's like, I'm bringing a sick girl some soup. Yep. Like, I couldn't be more happy to do this.
0: Yep. yep. Cool. Um, this is all great. This is why I love talking to you because it just makes me feel so like. I don't know. I just, I feel more wholesome, just like relationship based. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a good feeling to have and it, it, you know, grassroots and and being grounded in your business is good. So, Mm -hmm. um, so right now um, any, what, what are some thoughts that you have for any agent operating right now in today's world, any advice that you would have from Peter Zimmer? I it, right. I mean, our, our job doesn't change. Just uh no excuses, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think if there's one thing, it's it's um, I'd love to say everyone's going to get busier. Some of us, hopefully, many of us, are going to get busier. And so, as I've thought about that, I've I've thought about. Nobody likes that feeling of like, hey, I'm really busy. Can I get to you tomorrow? Mm. Even when that's the reality. And so like, I'm not saying run out and spend money or hire people or do like start to build infrastructure, but definitely start to think about if things get busy, how can I maintain serving people at a high level so they think they're the only, they're my only client.
0: So what was that... Good point. You know, don't think about hiring people when you need them. Start looking for, for hiring the right person so that you don't not, you know, so that you don't come
1: Yeah. Maybe you don't pull the trigger in, with anticipation. You want to make sure that it's it's a real need, but I would just have it on your radar of like what it it might be a change of mindset. It might be a change of your schedule. It might be a change of like, Like recognizing your capacity and being like, if my capacity, if if my business grew by the next sort of step, I have the same capacity and the same energy level. Like, you know, I feel like uh, what is it? Uh, The vast majority of agents stop after two years, get out of the business. And I think Uh it's one of two reasons, you know, they didn't work. They don't have any business. They don't have any friggin' money or they're inundated with business because they're doing a great job and they're immediately burnt out. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh,
0: was there a moment for you where you're like, hey, I can't continue on this path? Oh, so.
1: absolutely. In 2012, my wife was pregnant with her first baby. And I had ju- at the end of the year, I had just shown 641 houses that year. I don't know why I keep track of weird things like this. <laughs> good metric. Um, but that was when I was like, I, it, was, it wasn't quite burnout, but I feel like I had honed. Um, and had well crafted a buyer experience and i was like if i I, if i do this again i'm going to burn out and i'll get bored because i just feel like it's rinse and repeat like i've just got it down to a science and that was that was when i i hired a buyer agent and i just you know it's it's simple math you're trading time for money
0: yeah when you're buying back things that are more important to you now i mean you've yeah you know you got family and if you show yep. 641 houses with three kids yep. like there, something's gotta yeah like there's something yeah
1: yeah i knew capacity wise i couldn't do it and energy wise i was like i'm not there yet but i'm starting to see how oh i would i would get and you never want to you always want to stay fresh and you want to like you know value the people over the process and and not get so bored with it that you're like yes you can have this house too it's got a freaking kitchen and a dining room and some bedrooms i don't care
0: here's another here's another <laughs> chandelier that's another door right. Here's the bedroom
1: right house um, shows
0: itself <laughs> 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 yeah you don't want to walk into your to just to, to a career that you supposedly love and act right. like you don't love it so
1: right 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 so to that end it is interesting to that end is it's i want i always want to stay fresh with being in step with what my client is experiencing and feeling specifically. And so I started to look at, we won't, we don't have to dive into it. it it's good sort of like post podcast Googling. There is a, a, a graphed curve. <clears throat> I can remember what it's entitled or something. It's basically the emotions someone feels in the course of an investment. Sort of the excitement, the, the emotional crush of like it didn't work out or the hope that it's going to come back. And so it's not an apples to apples comparison, but like you can look at the trajectory and the emotions of that curve and you can start to plot the different points of a real estate transaction in there. Uh-huh. And it's pretty fascinating to be just recognize what our clients are feeling like, like for example, one of the, Highest emotional moment is when a buyer's making an offer. Sometimes one of the lowest emotional moments is when it's accepted.
0: Yeah. Now I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. Right. Yeah. And
1: then there's like, and then there's the, oh, the inspection. And it's not quite the house I expected or, you know, or, you know, throw into that, the climate of the last four years and you're like the excitement of winning and multiple offers. And then- Oh no, that it's accepted or whatever. Like, did I pay too much? And like, just being like, it's part of our job being in tune to what they're feeling and being out ahead of it so that you're, you know, walking them up the mountain that you've climbed a hundred times.
0: Setting the proper expectations with your client will create the smoothest process for all parties. Cause if they Absolutely. know it's coming, Hey, we, you know, we just got this, you know, we made the offer just FYI, they could accept it. And that's going to be the most exciting point, yep. you know, and yep. then like just
1: yeah,
0: try to shift they are, it.
1: Clients, clients are fine with just about anything that could happen in the course of the transaction or experience. So long as they're not surprised by it. That's a
0: good point. That's a huge statement right there. Awesome.
1: Well, Peter Zimmer
0: been fun i always love talking good. to you. it just motivates me just to hear you talk about <laughs> i love being you...
1: in business with you you're 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 one of the you're one of the gym Ah, oh, you're too sweet good
0: so thanks again i appreciate your time awesome
2: man thank you